Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... Our adventurers finished up their shopping and were finally going to discover the secrets of their new magic items. But alas, they were sidetracked. Once again, they spotted that suspicious cat that seemed to be following them. And before a plan could be made, Esmir ran off and the chase was on. They dashed their way through the bustling streets and back alleys of Daggerford, dodging and weaving around one complication after another. Affluence and skivvies were dodged. Cabbages and scrolls were spilled. Apparatuses were fondled and DMs giggled. Then, our winded pursuers lost track of the wily cat in the busy market square. But... Thanks to a bracelet-selling hippie, the chase resumed amidst the carts and shoppers. Jake quickly cast Detect Evil and Good and discovered that the innocent-looking house cat was in fact possessed by a fiend. The revelation spurred on our heroes and soon the fiendish feline met the wrong end of Cullen's battle axe. Our hero stood victorious over the eviscerated kitty when suddenly something strange yet familiar happened. Kaboom! The kitty exploded! And as the market square erupted into chaos, the party recalled what happened to them when Gabula exploded. Then, thanks to Elric's persuasive words, the disruption in the square and the questioning of the authorities were placated. The party then returned to Sir Estival's with their new magic items and a new mystery. What kind of fiend would possess a kitty and for what dastardly purpose? Who is Sherlock Holmes and who is the Midnight Strangler? Will Jake ever find out what that magic earhorn does? And what is a Butterfinger and how did it get into their bags? Well, who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. After a couple hours of you guys going through your stuff and packing for your trip, you begin to smell Stina's cooking wafting from the wafting, I should say. Waft. You should. It's wafting in. That smells wafting in. <laughs> it's wafting in from the kitchen, and it smells delicious. Oh, is she cooking wabbit? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> then, then the door opens, and in walks Sir Estival. And when he sees you guys there going through your gear uh, and packing your packs, a big smile forms on his face. And he says, Ah, this brings back memories of my adventuring days. Yes, the excitement before 
is setting off on a quest, double-checking your gear, making sure you've got everything you might need. Yes, yes. Wow, speaking of everything, that's a lot of gear. Esmir, is that a block and tackle hanging on your pack? Yeah, man. You never know. Isti? Are you planning on doing some heavy lifting? Well, you never know. What if a big rock falls on someone's leg? <laughs> yes, you do That's never you know what situations you may find yourselves in out there. It's always best to be prepared. Yeah. But that's quite a load for a wee gnome to be carrying, especially with that harp strap to the side of your pack there. Uh, are you eyeing my harp, bro? What's going on? Oh, no, of, of course not. Uh, I'm just concerned that your pack may be a burden for an adventurer of your, you know, small stature. <laughs> and if you look at your inventory page on your character sheet, you will find, you will see that you are about four pounds away from being encumbered. Isti? Uh, Isti, are you breaking the fourth wall? <laughs> well, well, no. I, I just have a lot of experience with such matters, and well, I am trying to help you, young adventurers. I understand. That's so nice of you to bring up, Isti. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like you're like, I don't know, like a, a master of some sort. Well, <laughs> I have learned many things over my years of traveling on quests, and learned that being weighed down by a heavy pack can quickly turn an adventure into a chore. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll leave the goblin dice and the eye patch behind. I think that'll lighten it up <laughs> oh, yeah. a little bit. That, that'll lighten it up quite a bit, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave a couple things behind. Well, you know, now that I think about it, I think I may have just the thing to help you out. Oh, and is the... He says, wait one minute, hold on. And he goes over to a closet and he starts, you know, rummaging through it. Oh, <laughs> I smell a bag of holding coming along. <laughs> what do those smell like? <laughs> they smell airy. <laughs> like a spring breeze. Like a spring breeze without the spring and without the breeze. <laughs> and after a few moments, he comes out of the closet and he's holding a backpack. Let me send you a picture here. Is it a Duluth pack of holding? <laughs> yes. Is it the number four? Ooh, it's got Ooh. cup holders. It's That's got nice. Yes, it's a uh, Heward's Handy Haversack, I believe it's called. It belonged to a halfling friend who I adventured with for a short time. Wow, I like the name too. Yeah. That is probably the prettiest bag I've ever seen. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the name, uh, Heward, as you examine it, you realize that it matches your new magical spice pouch um, that you just got. Ooh. Yeah, they were both made <laughs> by Heward. Heward's Handy Spice Pouch and Heward's Handy Haversack. Sweet. Nice. Hey guys, look at my spice patch pack. Matches. All right. Nice. It's got the three H's on it, too, so everybody knows it's fancy. Well, don't let its fanciness or size fool you. It will lighten your load significantly. 
And then he goes on to tell you that um, the two side pouches there can hold two cubic feet and 20 pounds each, while the main section can hold eight cubic feet and 80 pounds, but it will always weigh only five pounds. Wow. Yes. For You see, each pouch is an extra dimensional space. Oh. Nice. Oh. Can a 10-foot fold fit into it? <laughs> well, you have to be careful now, because if you overload or pierce or tear a bag of holding, it will rupture, and the contents within will be lost forever. That's not nice. Yeah, yes. So I wouldn't recommend it. Just keep the pole strapped to your horse. Yeah. Yes, yes. And another thing that's handy about it is that whenever you use your action to retrieve something from the pack, the thing you're looking for is always magically on top. Oh. Nice. <laughs> That, so you're not like, damn it, where'd I put my chiclets? <laughs> <laughs> this is a fancy, fancy backpack. And I like go up to Istanbul and I hug his leg, which I don't do very often. I'm like, oh, I love you. You're my favorite person. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well. Sir Istival, he's uh, kind of taken aback by your sudden affection, and he blushes a bit, and then he, uh, you know, he pats you on your head down there. <laughs> yes, yes, that's quite all right. It's quite all right. I, I am pleased that you like it. May it serve you well. Now, let, let us sit down and eat. Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. Stina, it smells delicious. And Stina says, well... I, I figured it might be their last home-cooked meal for a little while, so yeah. I made it extra special. Well, this is delicious, and I thank the host very kindly. Nice. So you guys sit down at the dinner table and dig into this lovely meal here. And while you are dining, uh, Sir Istival begins to discuss your quest. Okay. So, tomorrow morning, you will head out to Filand Lodge. It is around 100 miles north of here. So you will take the tradeway towards Waterdeep, and sometime after your second day, when you are near the Ardeep River, you need to be extra vigilant, for this is the area where most of the Knoll raids have been reported. This is why we originally suspected the Nandar Lodge as their base. Now, somewhere between our deep river and water deep, there will be a footpath that will lead you towards the our deep forest and Filand Lodge, whose ruins sit on its very edge. Keep a sharp eye, for the path is difficult to find. And once on the path, be wary, for the knolls could be anywhere. Got you. Okay. And they are a foe to not be taken lightly. They're vile and feral hyena-like humanoids. Yeah. They attack out of nowhere, slaughter their victims, right. devour their flesh, Ugh. and plunder what they can. Hmm. That's not nice. No, they are not nice. They lack uh, a, any conscience or compassion. They only thirst for blood. They're an enemy to all. Even the most savage of orcs avoid teaming up with these destructive and 
blood-frenzied creatures. So, like in a nutshell, their their lives are not sacred. <laughs> Just saying. This is an opportunity for us to get a lot of experience points killing gnolls. <laughs> yes, indeed, Cullen. Take them out. Show them no mercy, for they are merciless. You know what I really don't like about gnolls? Is their names sound a lot like gnomes. <laughs> so that annoys me. <laughs> if you meet them, my dear Esmia, you will find many things that you'll not like about gnolls. But one thing about all this that is most troubling to me is that we know that gnolls are nomadic scavengers. They never stop in one place for too long. Their blood frenzy keeps them on the move. Yet now we find them uh, continually raiding a specific area. What has compelled these gnolls to to act in a way that goes against their chaotic nature? Hmm, good question. And it's some red, red wizard I'd wager. Yeah. Yes, I agree, Cullen. From what you've learned uh, with the goblins of Jolkin and the orcs of Harpshield, I believe the red wizards are involved with the gnolls as well. Wow. This is most unsettling. And we must learn what it is that they are up to. Yes. It is imperative to our victory, perhaps even our very survival. Oh, Jesus. Right, but do they, what, like, do gnolls speak? Do they communicate, or are they just like dogs? No, they, they have a language. So what do they speak? They speak gnoll. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. Okay. Knowledge. It's going to be hard to get it's going to be hard to get information from them. I'm sure they speak common if they have to in their own gutter language. <laughs> well, well, you may find one that speaks common, barely, and perhaps there will be other clues there that may help us uncover their evil plans. Right. We right. also have to talk to Istival about the kitty cat. Yes. Oh, the uh, cat that we found that, that we destroyed that was a fiend? That was dead. The one we chased through the streets of Daggerford. In great peril to ourselves and others. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Do you mean the exploding cat that everyone is talking about out in the streets was you guys? Yes. Yeah. Elric, tell him about the cat. The cat. Well, we chased a cat through the streets uh, that we figured was someone's familiar, uh, and because uh, it had been spying on us. It's the cat that was here that your maid chased out, and so we chased it, hmm. and it turned out it was a fiend. The key word is really? was. It exploded yes. in our faces. Exploding kittens. No one likes exploding kittens. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a fiend. And we figured it was a spy. I think it might be uh, a spy of Nazia or of the Red Wizards or somebody Wait, was, was so spying. So you're saying that the cat was possessed by a demon and that they were spying on us? Yeah, they sure have been. Oh, oh my morning lord. This is troubling <laughs> news. Have the, have the Red Wizards also allied themselves with a demon? I think it is the I think it's Gabula's master. 
Hmm. Well, whoever they are, your activities have gotten their attention. Perhaps your encounters at Jolkin and Harpshield have disrupted their plans, and they have sent spies to learn our next move. Because that kitty cat was here when we first got here. Outside in the flower box. Yeah. Ugh, this puts us at a disadvantage. They, they know who we are and where we live. Yet, we know practically nothing about them. So, Isti, you gotta watch your back. You gotta have eyes in front of your head and back of your head and one on the side. <laughs> I think it's Nazia. Yeah. Mm. Well, I I have someone I trust in the Ducal Castle keeping an eye on her. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, you know, perhaps we'll know more soon. But at this point, it could be anyone or anything. Yeah. So you guys got to be careful. Well, it's gone now. That cat will trouble you no more until the next one. Yeah, you got you to gotta keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes peeled for things lingering about loitering. No loitering. So if you see any puppies, (laughs) sad looking eyes, don't trust them. I think it's somebody who lives here. In this house? No, not in this house. It's in this town who's in cahoots with the bad guys. I hope Hmm. it's not in your house. How long has... How long have these people been working here? (laughs) Aye, but all this is conjecture. Yeah. There are gnolls that need to be relieved of their life. I agree. Yes, yes, we, we must stay focused on our plans. First, we will put an end to these murderous raids that are plaguing the Sword Coast. Then, once it is safe for the, for the common folk, we will turn our attention to whoever is pulling the strings. And then through the strength of our will and and the light of the morning lord, we will stop them. That's right. Yes. Here, here. Chink. Clink. And raise a glass. Clank. To killing stinky bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Sir Istvold raises his glass and he drinks to your toast. Okay, so you finish up having dinner and you retire to the living room and you know, f- you're gonna finish up your packing there. Uh, Sir Istvold starts up the fire. Stina, she brings out drinks for you guys. And while you're doing that, Sir Istival says, So, uh, Elric and Cullen, uh, I'd like to remind you that before you retire tonight, you should write those letters to your fathers. Oh, yes. I have sealing wax. Dear father, still alive. <laughs> still alive. The killing has been good. I'd be more than happy to proofread for them, to, uh, for you. Okay. Nah, it's just for Colin, if you have any problems remembering your letters, just let me know. Well, well, let us not take light such a small and simple task. For remember, it was a mere letter to an old friend that brought you four brave Cormirians to to aid the Western Heartlands in its time of need. And 
and it makes my heart swell with pride that it will be that it will be Cormirians that shine the light and end this scourge that plagues the Sword Coast. And then Sir Estival raises his glass to you, to our great home, Cormir. To Cormir! To I say, all who take part in this struggle for freedom, for liberty, we all deserve some credit, regardless of where we're from, what our names may be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clink, well clink. said, well said. <laughs> Elric, make a toast. Make a toast? Toast. Yes, yes. Go on, go on. Raise your glass. Make a toast for us. I toast to... With butter and jelly. Oh. For the glory of House Albion, for Cormier, we shall destroy the gnolls. We shall smite all our foes. Drink. Hey, ching, ching, ching. Clink. Clang. Sir Jake, <laughs> Sir Jake, make a toast. Oh, boy. Everybody sit down. <laughs> Let me get my parchment. To, uh, I'm only going to say what everybody else has said. To Cormier, to our health, and to get to the bottom of all that is troubling our lands. Here, here. make a toast. You know what? I think maybe I'll play you guys a song on my harp. No. <laughs> I take three steps back really quickly. Okay. <laughs> to all the gnolls who are going to be dead in the near future, I hope your life sucks now so you'll feel better when you're dead. No, we will feel better when they're dead. Estival toast again. And to success. To success. To victory. And to all those have who have fallen before us. And everyone feels inspired and give yourselves each an inspiration point. Ah, yeah. Yay. So you awake in the morning perhaps uh, a little later than usual. Maybe maybe you had a little too much wine last night with all your toasting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you get up <laughs> and you head downstairs to Sir Istival at the dining table and a delicious smelling breakfast sitting uh, is waiting there for you. Nice. For you. nice. And Sir Istival, he greets you. Good morning, adventurers. Please sit and eat. Stina has made you a delicious and hearty breakfast to start your journey. Nice. Are there are there huge rashers of pork? <laughs> yes, there's a heap of delicious bacon. Mm. I hope Oinky doesn't come out when I throw the fluff ball out. <laughs> we'll wait till after breakfast. We rarely get to see Sir Oinks a lot. <laughs> Definitely breakfast is not his favorite meal of the day. And then I look and I look and say, um, First of all, you know, uh, Esmer has a has a favor to ask of you. Who? You. Oh yeah. Where can I go run out real quick, run an errand? Yeah, you are. Me and Wait. you. With, with me? Right now? Yeah. 
but but you have to hit the road. The road's not going anywhere. Come on, let's go have some fun. Jeez. Fun? There's no time for fun. I need to get to Sir Flotion before he leaves and and tell him about, you know, the whole spying demon cat thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always time for fun. It's What's very that? important. The, the fate of the Sword Coast may depend yes, on it. Yes, hey, Isti, look at me. Are you looking at me? I'm pointing at my eyes and his eyes. Look at me. Look at me. What's the point of doing adventuring and saving the world if you can't have some fun? You're going to save the world so everyone could be, like, serious all the time? <laughs> you you sound you sound a lot like Jack. Exactly. Well, fine. Very well. But just for a moment. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so you guys finish up breakfast and head out. Um, so are you all going? Yeah. Yeah, I want to see what happens. I'm just going to hang back here and whittle. <laughs> okay. I'm out of money. <laughs> all right. Um, so the rest of you head out uh, into a cloudy morning, and the streets of Daggerford are already bustling with activity as you make your way up Wall Street to Helmick's store. And well, you... on the way, I'm going to have my alms box out, and if I see some poor people, I'm going to uh, pass out alms on the way. Oh, okay, nice. And while we do that, I've written up my newest um, my newest idea on, on parchment, which will be what? Um, it'll be... Uh, using a charcoal to filter water and and I've tested it and it works so my knowledge is good so I'm going to pass out alms with this with this uh, piece of parchment to all the poor people and letting them know you know this is my new idea this is like the new thing I'm passing out free knowledge basically okay Right. Doing Agma's Og- bidding. Agma's bidding. Okay. And then uh, you you could also uh, my idea was to you take a little piece of wire, and you bend it and you curl it a certain way, and then you can use it to get two pieces of paper to stick together. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. That is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. I have to start writing this down right now. Okay, write it down. Maybe we could. It would be it. very helpful as soon as they invent paper. <laughs> Parchment. <laughs> You can make your parchment stick together. We could call it a parchment clip. <laughs> a parchment holder together. Er. Er. A parchment pincher. A parchment pincher. That's exactly <laughs> nice. it. Nice. Okay. So you're coming up with these new inventions and sharing your knowledge, and you soon arrive um, in front of Helmix, Herbs, and Oddments. And Sir Istival's like, what do we need from here? And I tell, I tell Sir Istival, I tell Sir Istival, when you walk in, do it kind of like real slow, like you're going through molasses. He could borrow my cloak of billowing if he would like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do that. And he's like, uh, he's like, wait, wait, what, yes. why do I need this? What is this all about? Here, don't worry about it, Sir Istival. Just put this on, and I'll put it around Put this on, put it on. Very well. But but I will say for the record that I have a very bad feeling about this. Okay, let's go have fun. (laughs) So 
<laughs> so we're gonna go into the store. Okay. All right. So check this out. This is gonna be awesome. Um, this is what I want to do. I want to walk to the window, and I'm going to peer in through the window and watch these guys go in. <laughs> and right when, uh, right when Sir Istival gets into view of the shopkeeper kid, um, I want to billow the cloak, right? <laughs> so he looks like a rock. He's got this like rock star flair. So I want to prepare an action uh, right now so that I can make the cloak okay, billow. Cool. All right, cool. And then we walk up. Is the kid there? He's yeah. He's at the counter and he's got his hands in one of those jars with the gummy bears in it. <laughs> hey kid, put the gummy bears down. How many of those things do you eat every day? Well, it's like it's like a whole meal. Wait, whoa, hey gnome, you're back. Hey, check it out. Look who I brought with me. Okay, and right then whoa. I'm gonna make the cloak billow. <laughs> okay, cool. So, uh. When Jerry sees Sir Istival standing there with a billowing cloak, uh, a gummy bear just like slowly drops out of his mouth. <laughs> and he's got, uh, he's got a dumbfounded look on his face. He's completely stunned. No way. Is that Sir Istival? Dude, it's totally Sir Istival. And he's going to give you his autograph in person. <laughs> sir, and Sir Istival's like, wait, that's what this is all about? <laughs> totally, this is what it's about. I never agreed to this. Yes, <laughs> but an autograph? Remember, you never know. A kind deed. Well, a kind deed, yes, Sir Istival. But you I, want people to know that you're with them, right? Well, yes, but I, I, I am with them. Okay. But <laughs> So what do you want him to write? Come on, Isti, what do you want him to write? Isti, hey, or are you kid. asking the kid? I'm asking the kid. Oh, kid, you, whoa. I he's like sweating. He's like all nervous. He's like, and his eyes are Wait, all what's red. your name again? Jerry. Jerry. Yes. How about to Jerry, my very bestest friend? Okay. That oh, would how be about, awesome. hey, hey, hey. How about this? Right. To Jerry, my bestival friend. Love, sir. Istival. So Istival looks at you. He's like, I am not writing that. <laughs> okay. I am not writing Bistival. <laughs> I will write fine. Fine. I will write to Jerry. Uh, My bestest friend. With regards to a great shop. Your friend, Sir Istival. Awesome. How's that, Jerry? Jerry's just speechless. He's like, He's not even saying anything. He's like dumbfounded. Hey, Jerry, 10% off next time I come in? Shh, totally. Cool. Do you have my package? I do have your package. He leans down behind the counter and he hands you a like a brown paper bag. Here you go. Totally worth it. 10% off next shopping spree? 10%. Got it. Okay. So Sir Istival's like, this was all for a discount at the shop? No. It was A for fun, B for a discount. Discounts are fun, so B is also A. <laughs> a? This is part of paying it forward, man. Come on. Exactly. Like I said, Isti, look at me. Karma. There's no point. <laughs> There's no point in saving the world if you can't have a little fun. 
You're not saving it so everyone could be in a bad mood all the time. <laughs> Very well. I I accept your gnomish logic. Okay. And I no one else does. Accept, <laughs> and I appreciate the fact that you worked a 10% discount in there. Hadar would have been very proud of you. Right. And you can spend the whole rest of the day being worried and serious. Well, I will do that. Yes, thank you. Okay. I will do that. I'm going to spend the rest of the day being worried and serious. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to go kill some bad guys. Okay. Very well. So as soon as they come walking out of the door, I'm yeah. going to look at Sir Istival and say, well, I hope you had fun. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was fun. Yes, it was fun. Very well. She told us it was all about having fun. I didn't understand it, but I hope you had fun. Well, so gnomes. I pat him on the back so again. so quirky. Did you, Jake, did you have fun passing out your alms? I did. I feel so much better okay. about myself. That's what I'm talking about. Did you get your 10% discount? We're all getting a 10% discount. Oh. And you, you hear Jerry scream out through the door, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you guys ready to hit the road? Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sir Istival bids you farewell and good luck, and uh, uh, he will uh, anxiously await your return. And then he rushes off to meet with Lord Flosham. And you guys, um, you head over to the stables and mount up on your trusty steeds and pony. I give and, them all an apple. Oh, nice. They, they <laughs> chop them down. And you can tell that they're ready, uh, just like you guys, they're ready to get out of these stables and out onto the open road. And that's what you do. You leave Daggerford and you make your way onto the tradeway and you start heading north. Roll initiative. <laughs> 18 trolls beset you on the path. Roll initiative. 18 trolls and... 18 trolls and what do you get? Another day order and almost dead. <laughs> so you guys are riding along on this cloudy day, feeling good, singing your songs, and the day, you know, it goes by without any incidents. And as the sun gets low, uh, you begin to see some storm clouds off in the distance, and you decide, you know, it's a good time to stop and make camp for the night. So you do so, and you start a fire, you have your evening meal, you unload your horses and stuff. Um, so how are you guys spending your downtime during this quiet evening out in the woods? I deploy my tarp. <laughs> okay, uh, Elric is deploying his tarp, uh, preparing for uh, possible wet weather. Jake, what are you doing? I'm playing with my little compass orb, you know, just checking it out. Okay. My little orb of direction. Esmir, what are you doing? Well, I didn't roll a portent in the morning so because I was too busy to meditate. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's nighttime, right? It's, yeah, the sun is starting to set. You guys are setting up camp. You're starting a little campfire. Well, just in case something happens overnight, I'm going to roll my portents. Okay. So you're over. You're over there meditating. Colin, what are you doing? I'm going to get out at a series, uh, an assortment of small brushes and picks I use to detail my weaponry. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're over there working on your weapons? It's sharpening, of course. 
Okay. I'm gonna give it a nice shine, a nice gleam. Get all the orc blood out of it. And then scrape out all the crusties. I have to get. Uh, I have to get. Um, Owly, make sure Owly's up and about. Okay. And I'm gonna roll my um, gray bag of chicks, so we have somebody to do some chippity chips while we're sleeping. Oh, okay. <laughs> Borbor! Yay, Borbor! I scratch him under the chin. You know we love you, baby. <laughs> okay. Elric, roll a deception or a sleight of hand check. Your choice. Skills. Oh, sleight of hand. I got a plus one in. All right, so here we go. 20. Whoa. 19 plus one. 20. Impressive you are. Esmir, roll an intelligence saving throw. Intelligence saving throw. 23. Ah, 23. Okay, so you're... I'm a lady. You, out of the corner of your eye, you notice Elric acting strange, looking a little nervous. And um, you, uh, but you don't think too much about it, you know? And you go about your business because you forgot to meditate in the morning, so you're kind of focusing on that. And then just about, you're about to sit down and you notice a whoopee cushion where you are just about to sit. Oh. Almost. <laughs> Finally. I wanted this to happen back in episode two. <laughs> that was funny because Elric rolled a 20. Almost. <laughs> yeah. But you rolled a 23. So you almost got, got away no, with it. No, you're not ready. You're not ready, son. <laughs> okay. Impressive you are, but not impressive enough. <laughs> okay, son. So remember, um, you know, sometimes I'm trying to think of something very wise to say, but I'm going to say, you know what? Too slow, Joe. That was wise. Too slow. Too slow. All right, next time. Next time. Try it again. I give it back to him. I'm going to be watching you. I close my eyes and cast a spell into the magic night. I fire this flaming ball. Yeah, that works. Like wizards do. You catch on fire and die The burning Oh, chromatic have once again embarked on another noble quest. With dangerous confrontations all but inevitable, our fearless party pulls pranks and sings songs. Because after all, what is the point of saving the world if you can't have any fun? But what dangers await our heroes in Finland Lodge? Will a big rock fall on someone's leg? What are chiclets, and why do you need them in your backpack? 
what is a fourth wall and what happens when you break it? This show is weird. Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Rule Radio. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so the party has finished up their business in Daggerford and have set off on their next quest, ready to get back into the action and hopefully, uh, you know, find out more about what the Red Wizards are up to. Now, we've been in Daggerford for a while, like seven episodes, and I know that they are itching to get back to swinging their swords and spells. And as a game master, that's something that's always on our minds, right? We want to keep their dice rolling. But we also want to keep the story rolling, especially in a long campaign. And typically, you know, the backdrop or crux of most campaigns is, you know, the group of players need to stop a group of evildoers from executing their evil scheme. And that's great, right? That's the foundation for many great stories of action and adventure. But I find that those stories are always more engaging when the heroes are invested in what or who, uh, you know, they're trying to save from the evil that has befallen them. And in my opinion, uh, the best way to do that uh, within a game, right, is to allow some time for the players to put their swords down and give them opportunities to just play their characters and to meet and get to know and form connections with the people or NPCs right, that they are fighting for. And also, you know, it gives them time to form a relationship and bonds uh, with each other within the party, right? And it also gives the players a chance to figure out who their character is uh, or what they're like when they're not killing bad guys. And then, uh, you know, when it's time again to fight the evildoers, uh, it has more purpose and scope, I guess. All right. And I hope you guys are also ready to get back into the action. And if you're enjoying the game we're playing and the story we're telling here, uh, please let us know and let others know, right? Leave us some stars and review uh, wherever you download the podcast. And remember, you can always get all the episodes from the website, rollradio.com. And while you're there, uh, you can continue to support us by checking out our merch and then uh, click the link to visit our Patreon page where there are more and more extras being added all the time. Any support is greatly appreciated and will help us uh, continue this adventure. And the adventure we're playing is D&D's Scourge of the Sword Coast by Wizards of the Coast. Visit them at dnd.wizards.com. The Roll Radio theme was composed and produced by Andrew Capone. Visit him at andrewcapone-composer.com. And all the in-game music and sound effects are, of course, from the amazing library at sirenscape.com. All right, everybody, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time when the blades and spells start swinging once again. <laughs>